You're listening to Coach Talk, a podcast about coaching for improvement in health and social care. Here you will meet several international experts and coaches to discuss challenges, opportunities, models and tools that might be useful when you coach others to make improvements. Hi, Glenn Robert, and welcome to Jönköping University. You are a professor of healthcare quality and innovation at King's College London, and you're also a visiting professor at Jönköping Academy. You spent the last 20 years to study change and quality improvement in healthcare organizations. And I know you have a particular interest in co-design and co-production. My name is Sofie Rotstedt, and I just started working at Jönköping Academy. I got the privilege to talk talk to you about co-production and I know there are listeners out there who are quite new to this phenomenon as well as persons who are very familiar to it. You have some advice to coaches in co-productions and we're going to talk about that in a little while but before that can you please give us a little background what is co-production? Hi Sophie, I'm glad to be here. So um, for me, co-production is where um, the recipients of a service, so um, patients receiving a hospital service, for example, work in very close partnership with those that are delivering a service, so healthcare staff. And they work in, the, uh, in partnership in terms of both the design, delivery, and also the evaluation of the effectiveness of that service. So it's really about partnership working between those who are providing a service and those who are uh, recipients of that service. A lot of it is based on um, original work done in the United States in the 1970s by um, Eleanor Urstrom, where she studied different police services in and around Chicago. And she observed that the effectiveness of those police services were determined to a large extent by the to a large extent by the um, um, way in which the citizens in different areas of Chicago engage with related to those police services, and that was really the sort of foundational work that developed the concept of co-production. So, how come that you got interested in co-production in the first place? What did you see at your work that got you thinking that it was worth changing and that you could use co-production to do it? So I'd been working in healthcare quality improvement and change for some time and was familiar with um, all of the common quality improvement techniques like Lean and Plan, Do, Study, Act and the improvement model, etc. And these these were valuable and they were making differences and improving services. Um, But what colleagues and I um, uh, came to notice was that while these approaches helped to improve the effectiveness and perhaps the safety of healthcare services, where they were least less effective was in terms of improving the overall experience of either working in a healthcare service or being a patient of a healthcare service. This, the, the aesthetics, the lived experience of being a patient or a healthcare staff didn't seem to be being addressed by uh, mainstream quality improvement approaches. And so we began to look at uh, some of the literature around uh, service design, um, co-production, how you provide services. And it was really in response to those um, mainstream quality improvement approaches. We thought there was something else that could be added to them to make services even more um, uh, high quality. It wasn't about saying those previous approaches uh, weren't valuable. It was saying we think we need to add something else and co-design, co-production, patients and staff working very closely together seemed to be a way of doing that. And so we developed various methods and interventions to help patients and staff work in those ways. 
I guess you can say that we are still in the beginning of using co-production in the sector of health and welfare, but we do have some cultures for co-production in hospitals and at clinics and so on. And I wonder, what's your advice to them? Uh, when do you think they should start the conversation of co-production among their colleagues? And why is it important for them to do it? So I think, um, going back to my previous reply uh, in part, I think it's important not to dismiss what people have been working with before and saying um, we're moving on to something new now. This is about adding something to existing approaches uh, that we think can make things even better. So you have to uh, respect and acknowledge the work, the improvement work that people have been doing previously. But I think it's about offering something up to them and saying that it will add value to what they're doing already, a different perspective around uh, quality improvement, about around how to improve the quality of healthcare. Um, and I think it's about taking quite small steps at the start, about just getting them to try things out. So maybe it's around gathering some stories, maybe it's around doing some observation of services, but just bringing some different perspectives to bear. So I think it's small steps, getting staff in particular to take the first step off the pavement to engage with these different approaches um, and, and taking it quite cautiously at the start and just letting them get a sense of why these types of approaches feel different to perhaps the improvement approaches that they're more familiar with. Is there a minimum of knowledge that coaches must have to inspire their teams in co-production? Uh, and if it is, what is that and how can they acquire that? So I think we're good in healthcare improvement work in having um, technical approaches to improving quality and developing and using uh, metrics to evaluate what we do. I think the different perspective that co-production and co-design brings is around this being a much more social and relational process and approach to uh, improvement work. And so, the so if you like, the, those um, skills, the minimum knowledge uh, that coaches need, a lot of those are around those social and relational skills, around empathy, um, around capacity for uh, facilitating small group work. It's, it's about building trust and relationships with patients and staff in a joint effort to improve services. I think where I've seen co-production, co-design projects not work quite so well is where those um, coaches or those facilitating those processes have a very fixed idea of how the project will um, transpire and have a, a project plan and lots of milestones and get frustrated when what is actually a very creative and emergent and joint and social process goes off in different directions. I think there's a, there's a skill in having um, a, a general map, if you like, of where you'd like to get to but not becoming too focused on um, uh, on project milestones and deadlines. So this is a creative and emergent process. The only, and the other thing I'd add in terms of um, what to expect, um, this is very hard work, and I don't think people should go into it lightly. This is about building relationships between patients and staff, often hard-pressed staff who are busy with all kinds of other directives and imperatives. Um, so this is quite hard work, bringing these staff and patients together. But what we found in um, many of our projects is just how rewarding it is, not just for the patients in terms of improving their experiences, but also in terms of the staff experiences of working in healthcare systems and services. Okay. So what's your advice to coaches when their teams say that we do have service and registers, so we already know enough about what our patient wants? So I think, I think surveys and registers have a place to pay, uh, play in our quality improvement work. They can provide a quite high level sense of whether a service is more or less delivering uh, well for its patients. 
But what surveys and registers can't do is really get into the lived experience, the detail of what it's like to be a patient um, in an outpatient uh, clinic or uh, having treatment for cancer. So my recommendation would be, that's fine, the surveys and registers uh, play a part, but there are other approaches that we need to use if we really want to understand what our patients are experiencing. And my suggestion would be just to start with a small number of stories, one or two stories of patients who have been through the service. Just capture those and feed them back to the staff and give them a sense of how these are different. They're providing a different type of insight into patient experience than they're getting from, from their regular surveys and registers. And I think staff will see the richness and the insights that come out of those stories in a way that they can't quite in the surveys and the registers. And once you intrigue staff in those types of stories, then they become much more willing to take part in uh, latter stages of co-production, co-design approaches. If an improvement team has trouble finding patients and clients, that should be uh, what should be the coach's advice to them? How do you think um, you have the right patients that is willing to take another step in interacting in both their own care and sharing their experiences on a meso and macro level? So I, I, I sort of challenge this notion that there's a right patient who can take part in these types of projects. I think any patient who's willing to tell their story and engage with staff in improvement work is someone who we should be um, welcoming into our joint efforts to improve healthcare services. Um, the sort of approaches that we've used in our co-design, co-production work previously has been to uh, work very closely with key healthcare staff. So for example, if we're working in a, in a cancer service uh, in the UK, we'd be working very closely with the clinical nurse specialist, so the nurses, the senior nurses, who um, see the patients on a regular basis and know them well. And we would be working through those clinical nurse specialists or other members of the um, uh, key members of the healthcare team to identify and approach patients that they feel are going to be able to tell their story and engage in, in the co-design work. I think it is a, a lot around, as I said earlier, about building relationships. And it's not just with patients, but with the staff as well. And finding those key members of staff who can help help you access patients and, and clients who, who they think will be um, interested in taking part in the projects. What we're not looking for here, what we're not guided by is trying to find some kind of representative sample of patients. This isn't a, um, some kind of study where we want representatives. Um, we want key informants, people who are happy to tell their stories just to get this new way of working, working together with, with staff, co-production, co-design into the way that things are done in the services. So we just want some initial informants to tell their stories so that we can then move on to the latter stages of co-design and co-production. Who do you think should decide on which patients that are suitable for taking part of improvement work? Well, this partly relates um, to my last answer. I think that um, it, it's not that there are right patients or suitable patients to take part in improvement work. We should be drawing on the experiences and the um, uh, feedback and the insights of all of our, our patients. Um, but at the beginning of these projects, it's about engaging with those that are, that are willing to take the time to tell their story. And often um, we find that it's not a problem to recruit patients into these projects. They're, they're very keen to give something back to the service to make things better for future patients. When we first started working with co-design and co-production, I remember we we were really worried that we wouldn't be able to engage patients in these types of projects. 
And actually what we found was it was very easy to engage patients uh, in this type of work. What was more challenging was to engage the staff to get them to take a step back, to reflect for a moment, and to be willing to try new ways of working. So I think often there are questions and nervousness about how are we gonna recruit patients? Who are they gonna be? Will they be representative? In our experience, those are lesser problems than having to work much harder on staff engagement and getting staff buy-in into these processes. What we found though is that once staff have bought in and they are part of the process, they find it very difficult to then say, oh, I don't want to participate because they hear these stories, they hear about these experiences, and they see that the patients are willing to, to give something back to the service, and that creates new relationships between the staff and patients. What would your advice be to anyone about to do this for the first time? So I think there's some, um, there are some very useful toolkits and frameworks uh, available that um, take a step-by-step -step approach and can... You can use as a general map for your your approaches to co-design or co-production. Um, one that I've been involved with and it's very well established now is um, called Experience-Based Co-Design uh, and it sits on the website of an organisation called the Point of Care Foundation and if you just do Google Point of Care Foundation and Experience-Based Co-Design that will take you to a very detailed toolkit. But that's just one of many. Uh, there are many co-production frameworks and it would be worth having a look at some of those and getting a sense for them. They all take a, a broadly similar approach. So it's about lived experience. It's about really understanding um, how our patients and staff are experiencing healthcare services. Often they will use interviews or storytelling techniques or non-participant observation to get a sense of that lived experience. And then it's about bringing the patients and the staff together um, to reflect on their shared experiences, to learn from each other before they begin the improvement work, identifying the priorities um, and how they want to implement changes in their service and jointly working as partners. So I think there are toolkits and frame frameworks and it's well worth um, hunting some of those down and having a look. I think the other thing would be to go and visit other places that have used similar approaches. So um, often when we run these projects, we will run them in more than one site so that the those coaches, those facilitators, the improvement teams are working along, alongside each other and learning from each other's experiences. And there are now very many case studies around co-production, co-design in the healthcare quality improvement literature that you can, you can draw on. So um, do, do seek out those people who have done this before and um, will be able to pass on their learning and lessons to you. What is important to keep in mind to avoid pitfalls? So I think that the primary um, uh, piece of advice I'd give here is that these are very emergent creative processes and you're, when you start these projects you might have a, a sense of where you think you'll be by the end but it will take many twists and turns, um, people's, both patients and staff will step in and out of the process and it may go off in lots of unexpected directions. Um, and that's absolutely fine. I think one of the, um, as I mentioned earlier, one of the one of the problems with these approaches sometimes is when coaches bring a very um, uh, directive project management based approach with milestones and deadlines, and everything is supposed to happen in a very sort of um, logical and um, uh, predictable order. That simply isn't the nature of this type of work. It's much more creative. It's about those social relationships, about building those between patients and staff. And often once you get into exploring the lived experience, it takes you off in directions that you hadn't, hadn't expected because we simply haven't gathered these insights before. Um, so I think the most important thing is to acknowledge this is a creative emergent process and to live with that uncertainty as a coach 
um, yeah. Okay. So what could be the next step? So I think um, if you're doing this for the first time, I think it's sensible to try it out on a small scale, to do it once, to learn some lessons, to establish the feasibility of working in this way. But ultimately, this is not about a series of fixed um, projects with time-limited durations. This is um, ultimately what you want it to become is a way of working. This is about um, the way becoming the way we do things around here. So this is really a cultural transformational change. So yes, start off small, try this out, but always bearing in mind that the purpose is to try and embed this way of thinking of co-production of patients and staff working together as partners in, in the way that the unit or the service does things in the future. So always having an eye on that, that longer term goal of establishing new values and behaviours in the way in which you go about your improvement work. Okay. Thank you, Robert, so much for this conversation. And I hope the listeners have got some useful um, guidelines and tips from you. So thank you very much. Thank you. This podcast is made by Kulturum Design and Learning Center in Sweden. <laughs>